Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. <sighs> Welcome to the Oz Network. <laughs> We're here to talk Yay, about. He's on board. <laughs> Twenty-four, season Woo! six, episode six, eleven a.m. to twelve p.m. Oh boy, um, this will be a good one. Directed by Milan wow. Shalov, written by Joel Cernow and Michael Osef. What is that music I'm hearing in the background? I'm hearing noises. I'm, I'm visions. Wow. Visions is something more entertaining than this episode. Um, this was the episode that aired January 29th, 2007. Uh, and has, let's just say, nothing happens this week. <laughs> Almost nothing happens this week. This is as close to nothing as you can get on 24. My name is Colin, and when this is over, I'll buy you a small country. I swear I've written here... You're gay to hard the Kayla Staten. What even is that? Uh, my name is Ben, <laughs> and actually you're wearing me down. <laughs> oh, I don't know where to start with this episode. Um, <laughs> seriously, this isn't even I mean, the worst I, you, to come. This is like the well, this is the, to me an improvement on last week. Only just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you 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 were you were more down last week than I was. Last week I rented it because I at least saw some some positives in the the opening of it. Um, I see almost no positives in this episode. Like this is just uh, th- th- there's there's no other way to say it. This is a whole lot of nothing. We get introduced to James Cromwell and a way that brush his hair. It, it's <laughs> he, he needs he needs to get a proper acting job. Like this is not helping his career. Uh, th- we've got. I don't know the, the the guy driving around with his hooker trying to find somebody. We sex got sex worker, Colin. Sex worker. My apologies. We got Waleed getting beaten to death by innocent men. I've got so many problems with this episode. This is going to rank very low for me, uh, and it's going to be a bin. Um, I don't know your thoughts. I think the thing with this episode, why it's an improvement for me, is that like to me there are threads of interesting things in what they are trying to do that could have gone somewhere so like i actually really like the white house stuff like fucking tom lennox is the star of this episode i know we're team karen but god some of the stuff he does this episode is just is amazing um i i i don't mind the whole nadia like i think that's an interesting thing like let's have a a Middle Eastern character who has to face difficulties of this day, like they don't kind of go overboard with it and kind of just do a little bit of, uh, you know, ramifications of what Tom's trying to do. But to me, like what just sinks this over a ship load of shit is again, the family stuff at the end. I mean, like literally Paul McCrane goes from, Oh my God, don't hurt me to a bond villain to one of the worst, like, there are some lines in this show that stand the test of time as the worst one-liners in the history. 
a la Gregory Itson delivering, that's Jack Bauer <laughs> in season eight, which I'm like, I just cringe at the thought of that. But to hear Paul McCrane deliver a family line at the end of this episode <laughs> in a TV show that how many months before won Emmy for best television show? Um, yeah, it's 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 not good. This is still a bin, but I mean, it's it's to me slightly better than last week, just for some of those reasons I said. But I mean, we also get a line of this episode. What are you smoking from Karen Hayes, <laughs> the NSA director? Who, is yeah. it, who wrote this episode again? I wasn't paying attention when you said that. Sir, Sir now and Losef. Oh my God, really? One what? of the show's creators. Ugh. Joel, what's going on? What were you smoking Jowl. this week? My Lord. Um, yeah, the writing is not good. Uh, the plot is non-existent. Uh, I'm... I'm going to breeze through a lot of this. I'm, I'm going to start with the White House stuff because I'll agree with you. I think there's some positive stuff here, although it is like it, it's so flimsily plotted that like I don't understand how any of this works. Uh, we get Lennox and Karen arguing. That's the story of the season. Uh, you're 100 percent right. I, and I, I, I'm looking back on the season trying to pinpoint like why did I love Peter McNichol so much in the season? And it's because his character is one of the few well-written ones mm. uh, when he's, you know, being evil you buy it when he's being i I guess smart and sensical you buy it (laughs) Uh, it, yeah and and even just some the the way that he defends his side even if you don't take a side it's like well but this guy's defending himself well uh the line that he has here which might be the best written line maybe the only good written line this entire episode is the same one about the constitution oh is it i i think so but i love the one when he like goes on a rant about like Back during like the Civil War, it took them like ten minutes to like load a gun and shoot one person. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. In the space of five seconds, they pressed one button and killed twelve thousand. Like that's brilliant. That's a yeah. Wayne Palmer should be saying that. I'm sorry, but like that's a <laughs> president's line. That is an epic line. Well, it's the exact same scene, but the line that I love is where he say to Karen because she's talking about how what, what he's doing with the detainment camps and everything is unconstitutional. He goes, "I love the Constitution, but I won't be ducking behind it." Nuke goes off. I'm like, yeah. Yes. You call it. That's another great line. Uh, He's so good in this scene. Like this is an epic yeah. scene. And, and and like again, it's not that I agree with everything he's doing, but it's like, but this is a well-written character. He's a compelling character, and there's something about him that's just kind of like unsettling to watch. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, but I can't take my eyes off him. He's so I, beautiful. Uh, I'm just gonna add this right now that like. Given that there are going to be very limited options this season, and we've already had two yeah. potential top five, I love this. Like Lennox, you owns sold it. me already. Like he's <laughs> I'm at it to so my list. good. Like just like your favorite line, that line. Like it's just and like this is one of those things where I say like like this is the first time I feel like they've gone full evil on like a White House person. Like we've always had like what's his face at the beginning of season two, and then um you, you know all the NSA people who were remotely evil and. You know, they never hammed it up. They never kind of shoved it in your face. Mm. And, yeah, they're kind of going to backtrack with Peter, uh, with with him here moving forward, Tom Lennox, because, like, essentially, you know, um, Rob Lowe's brother's going to be evil and, you know, uh, Tom's going to be saving the day in some way. So they're going to backtrack on this. But this is full-on, like, evil getting rid of, like, even the bit at the end when he's like, like, Karen Hayes is gone, thank you, and just, like, closes the yeah. phone. It's like he's just... And the thing is, like, I want to hate him because, like, we love Karen yeah. and he's being a dick. But at the same time, like, 90% of what he's saying is kind of right. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of true. So, yeah, I just top five moment right now. There's hardly anything in this season. So, I mean, like, come on, this probably will make it. Yeah, it might, it's it's the one thing I won't feel too ashamed to actually have on our compilation that we have at the end of the season. 
Um, so we get introduced to Reed. Uh, I don't know if he's supposed to be the assistant, the the chief of staff for Lennox or whatever. This is famous, not Rob Lowe, the <laughs> Chad Lowe. We managed to get Chad Lowe this week, and let's pretend he was there the whole time because I love how they introduce yeah. him. He's just standing there like, you're literally like, who is that guy? And then we're like, oh, he's been there the whole time apparently, which he hasn't. He he's, looks like Rob Lowe, but less off Broadway. Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh, President's Choice. Rob Lowe. This is uh, no name. The Rob Oz Lowe. Network of podcasts. There yeah, he is. exactly. <laughs> this is the Noah Groves of the Lowe family. Um, this is the the uh, the why well, I can't even remember his name now. Max, Max Dawson. Dawson. Uh, God, he's so who gives a shit about him to the point where I don't even remember his name. Uh, <laughs> I will say he he plays this character well because yeah. we talked about like a. Miles last season that's like oh yeah like he's he's so good at being that guy that you just want to punch in the face and the same thing basically I just wrote him as brown noser for the entire <laughs> uh episode here because that's what he is yeah uh and, and he Lennox gives him the job of get rid of Karen Hayes for me all right I am right on that master uh and when he instantly comes up with this thing that, that Lennox presents to Karen which is so a month ago you had Fayette in custody or Bill had Fayette in custody and he was released now First plot hole of this episode, they say they had him in custody in Seattle. What is Bill, the regional director of Los Angeles CTU, doing making calls in Seattle? So she says there's 18 people who, who signed off on him being released. It's like, oh, but that doesn't matter. You you were covering up for Bill's incompetence. Um, it was in Seattle. She has an argument. And then they start talking about skeletons in the closet. And uh, I, I love, again, another great Lennox line where she's saying, like, we all have skeletons, Karen. Uh, it, it's proof we don't all have. And he's basically, I got proof here. So I want your resignation. Um, so Karen instantly making her the dumbest character of the season. Lennox has almost nothing on her. Wayne likes her, doesn't like Lennox. And she cowers instantly says, Mr. President, I would like to give you my resignation. I'd like to now leave this country in a worse state than it was in <laughs> 10 minutes ago by resigning. Would you please assign me to CTU? Which does the president have the authority to just instantly say, you are now working for CTU Los Angeles? Well, um, he's got authority to put her on a supersonic jet, as we're going to find out how quickly it takes him to get yes. to LA. <laughs> the space shuttle uh, across the country here. But uh, it, to me, it just makes Karen look really stupid. Like, she's supposed to be doing this for the good of the country. She caved for no reason and protect Bill from something that... that the writers can't even come up with a decent thing to make Bill guilty of. Uh, and then to me, this actually makes Lennox kind of right because Lennox is basically saying Karen is just going to, you know, tie us up with all this red tape. She doesn't have the country's best interest at heart by her caving to this. She doesn't have the country's best interest at heart. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm on team Lennox now. Uh, and then of course you get her passing Chad Lowe uh, on the way out. It's like, Oh, Miss Hayes, may I get your signature on this, please? Well, you'll have to talk to Lennox. He's in charge now. Oh, okay. Thank you, Miss Hayes. Like, oh, he's actually really good at being this character. Um, it, it's it's a small plot, but it is it's consolation prize this week because that Karen and Lennox and Chad Lowe almost saved the episode. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it is kind of dumb because, like, at the end of the day, she's just literally like, oh no, protect Bill. And but then it's if if Lennox is going to her and saying like, we've got proof here that you had him and let him go, and she's kind of like, well, we had like 5,800 people, and one of them wasn't there. I'm sorry, but like Karen should be standing up to herself and like going, uh, yeah, hi, you also just let a bunch of prisoners go about two hours ago. One of them helped launch a nuclear bomb. That's directly evidence to your incompetence. So, uh, hi, you're also in the shit. And like, why doesn't Karen just go to the president and just be like, hey, Mr. President, uh, Lennox is threatening me with this. 
uh, because if the president likes Karen as much as you think the president is just going to go, Karen, we didn't realize that you had him under custody. He's the president. That's going to fall back on him. If that goes to CNN, they're not going to be like, well, the president didn't know about it. So he's innocent. But this Karen Hayes, oh, God, she's terrible. Like, (laughs) During the whole, like, uh, 9-11 commission and there was, uh, what was it, the Comey, not the Comey rule, um, the Looming Tower, that great Jeff Daniels show, which I thoroughly recommend watching. That whole uh, TV show was about the lead up to 9-11 and all the things that went unnoticed that cost 9-11 from happening. Like, if if they had to listen to Jeff Daniels' character, they potentially could have prevented 9-11. And, like, but through all of that, who does that fall back on? It like, yeah, people remember Jeff Daniels, the the FBI guy, whatever he was. Sure, his name out there, but like, I can't even remember his name right now. People blame Bill Clinton. People blame George W. Bush. They blame the president because they're the commander in chief. So Karen just simply here has to be like, uh, hi, no, you can't fire me. It's it's literally a lazy plot device to get Karen back to LA. That's all it is. That's yeah. all it is. Um, and it's too early in the season too. Way like too you early. put her in this position. You need somebody to be playing off the president. You you need to add a little bit of star power to your second-rate president. And no no offense to D.B. Woodside, but he is not at the level of David Palmer or Charles Logan as far as the audience is concerned. Six episodes in, you're pulling her away? And that and that's the that's that was what my issues were with the first four episodes. And so I liked it. You're rushing it. And this is what this season is. It's they this is the one season to me. We'll get it next season that really shows they make this up as they go along and they don't plan for it. And this is mm. one of those issues with it. And it's a great point you make about Palmer because, like, again, I think I legitimately agree with myself. That's a that's a poor writing choice that they gave Lennox that line about the, the gun and the killed in two seconds. That should be a president. That's a David Palmer line. That's a, yeah. that's a Logan line. Maybe, maybe they felt that D.B. Woodside isn't presidential enough to deliver that line, but that's a president's line right there. That is a great moments in presidential history. Like if I'm an American and I'm like, oh, no, I don't think we should like racially segregate people because, you know, some Muslims are innocent. Not all of them launched a nuclear bomb. As soon as he says that line, I'm like, fuck yeah, look them all up. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, but look, but it, the, what's he says, Peter? Like he, he delivers this so well, like that line, the just that moment when he just he answers the phone. Oh, Karen's got thank you. Phone down. And it's not like he like. I feel other actors or other writers would make this at a point where he kind of like stares off to the camera and goes, yes. He just gets back to work. There's a moment in this episode where D.B. Woodside does. Remember the other week when he had like, give concerned look, D.B. Woodside. This week he gives that, no, look when Karen leaves. It's so bad. Like Karen walks out of the office after resigning and you see like D.B. Woodside sit on the desk and he kind of slumps down and he goes, no. (laughs) Like he's just like, oh gosh, darn it. She was good. Um, which I don't think they replace her in this season, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously not that important of a job. <laughs> uh, I'll get the boring parts out of the way here. We, we got more of what's his name here, uh, McCarthy and his girlfriend. <sighs> He's just on the phone for the entire episode. Oh, I really need somebody to do this. I need $7 million or whatever. She's complaining the whole time. I will say I kind of like this guy. Like he brings a little bit of humor and entertainment to the character. It's very much like Morris. You know, yeah. like it, 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 in a season that you're going to be down so much on everything, it's like it's fun to have a character that's got a little bit of personality to him. Um, and, and when him and his girlfriend are talking about like she, this is where she has a line about uh, uh, when this is overall or he has a line, I'll buy you a small country. And she goes, well, as long as it's not Palm Springs. I'm like, 
What? Because it just got nuked? Is that what got nuked? I didn't think it was Palm Springs that got no, nuked. Like, she what said is- the last week when they were running away, she was sick of going to Palm Springs. Like, you know, that's oh. what she said. Yeah. And of course, the audience is going to remember that a week later. Yeah. Uh, but that's basically it. He's still on the phone trying to find a person. Uh, Do you remember he- yet who he's getting? Do you remember who he's at the end of the episode no. when he's all like, oh, we've found someone, but he's going to have to be coerced uh, next week. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, uh, now we got Waleed's storyline wrapping up. So uh, we get him doing his undercover work here. And and, and I guess if I'm going to give any compliment to this. It's that they play, Harry Lennox plays it well as a guy who is not equipped to do this. Because the way that he's trying to like, so tell us about our plans of terrorism, gentlemen. And they're like, why asking so many questions? And he's like, uh, uh, uh. And even the way he pockets his cell phone, I'm like, wow, like this guy would get picked out in a second. Of course, none of these guys are actually terrorists is what we find out. Um, I love that after he pickpockets the cell phone, Chloe, who I don't know how she does any job because she's being given this assignment from random agent in the field at the detainment center while she's doing stuff for Jack, while she's looking at dailies or whatever else, while she's picking up whatever work Nadia can't do because she's Middle Eastern. Um, <laughs> you have her analyzing the cell phone and then there's 120 numbers on it. Oh, we just look at the call logs. Is it going to help us? So what do they do? They give the cell phone to Chloe so she can look at the call logs. Like, again, did the writers not think about this? You're saying, no, we can't just pocket or confiscate the cell phone, uh, which basically leads to the, this webpage, like this poorly designed 2007 webpage, which is almost oh, like oh, Dead oh. Nesedrics. Ah, 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 you need to say the magic word. Ah, ah, ah. And you get the cheesiest zoom in on the corner of the screen where there's this, this flaming skull or whatever, the specter skull that comes up. <laughs> and it's like this dramatic, boom, like zoom right into this. Only for it to, to call and be like, ah, uh, so by the way, it's nothing. Like the way they zoomed in on it, I'm like, this is going to be like Skyfall. Like they're they're going to be going after the prime minister or something. Like this is going to be, MI6 is getting it blown up in the background to uh, one of the screens. But they have this dramatic zoom in and then she's like, yeah, by the way, it's just a web page. It's nothing. Uh, which, of course, this just says none of these guys are terrorists. Uh, and when Agent whatever his name is and Regina King are talking about, well, gee, if it's if it's only like a web page and everybody's following this and they're not actually terrorists, why didn't they say something? She goes, because they would be incriminating themselves, you know, by saying they had any knowledge of this. Yeah. So as they go to take Waleed out, Waleed, because he doesn't know how to cover him for himself, which, again, props to harry lennox he plays this well uh they all jump him beat him to death so these guys are afraid of incriminating themselves by saying we know of a web page that might help you but we're okay with beating a man to death and all going to prison to me this is a jump the shark moment this is we are saying these characters have done nothing wrong they're innocent we're going to give you evidence that they're innocent and none of them want to go to prison so they're going to beat a man to death it's just it, it, it makes no sense Look, I'm definitely not as down as you are. I think this is a plot that you could have done something with, but they rush it. This is like two weeks mm-hmm. in and like there's just something around it and it's just it's a it's a cheap shock at the end when it says they literally go, Oh shit, no, these are just, you know, men that whatever like if, if anything, like the FBI should be like panicking, going, Oh fuck, here we go. We've uh, we've incarcerated more innocent uh, you know, non white people again. Don't tell the president. Um <laughs> But, like, I got a question. Why is the FBI calling CTU? Like, I think this is kind of a bit of... It's meant to be a plot yeah. twist this episode about, like, oh, they're on the phone to Chloe. Why? They're the FBI. Like, as, the agencies don't... Like, they work with each other, but they don't really like it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of... It's weird why the FBI needs to... See, FBI would have this type of... 
we're going to see this next season with fucking Renee and, and what's his face from the Mighty Ducks. Like, we, that's the whole plot of next season is Jack's with the FBI. So it's just kind of, it's it's strange. But, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not as down on it as you are, but, I mean, you, you're literally relegating Regina King to staring at a screen and yelling at the FBI guy, who's 100% correct in everything he says, by the way. Um, mm. And the thing that I love, like, Harry Lennox's character is dumb because, like, he falls over, oh, grabs the phone. <laughs> Could he not just then, like, the easiest way to cover your fucking tracks, mate, is when they're like, all right, Waleed, thank you. Now you need to go put the phone back. And he's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And he just stands there. I love that one guy who puts his arm on his him. He's like, Waleed. Like, dude, he was gone for three seconds. Um, he, He's totally in love with him. But, like, why can't yeah. Waleed just literally be like, oh, hello, random terrorist guy. Is this yours? I believe you dropped it. That's Or why you- couldn't he throw it on the ground? So when they're like, where's the cell phone? He goes, I don't know. Is that it back there? Yeah, like when he fell down, like kind of like, and like kind of do another bit where he just kind of drops it on the ground or put it near a pole or whatever. And then that way he can literally just be like, oh, like, um, did you retrace your steps? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you literally look like a dummy when he's like, where's my phone? You fell over. Oh, uh, me? What are you talking about? What's that over there? Pornography. I was looking at pornography. Like, he, like he, yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely not as down as in you. I think there's much more jump the shark moments in this episode. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's something that they had going for them, and then they just they went wah wah, and then didn't didn't stick the landing. Um, the stuff at CTU, Nadia loses her clearance because she's Muslim. Um, like again, this, this is a like plot this? line. No, I do. I like the plot line. Um, I don't feel like they do anything with it in this episode, though. Like again, and, and which is fine because sometimes you have to introduce plots that aren't going to resolve in one week. That that's the patience that we're looking for. But I feel like this entire episode, with the exception of Harry Lennox dying, looking like an idiot, <laughs> this entire episode is plot lines that aren't going to be resolved this week. You know. Um, but uh, yeah, I love where where she's going up to Bill and she's asking him, "It's like Bill, Bill, and when did Bill get glasses? Like he just randomly gets glasses. Yes. Oh, like wants to look distinguished all of a sudden. I mean, nice glasses, I guess, but I just haven't seen Bill them before. I don't know if they, they appear throughout the rest of the series. Uh, but I can't, uh, I, yeah, I can't, I didn't really think I paid too much attention to Bill's glasses trajectory. Yeah. Well, and then, then we have this briefing that they're going through where they're talking about uh, the, the, the path of radiation or whatever. Uh, and Bill like the only guy in the room who has any common sense, we're like, oh, so we need to figure out where could Fayette have gone? No, he could be going north. He could be going south, east, and west. And Bill's like, well, why don't I spell the obvious here? The radiation's going north, so that's not where he is. Like, they try to make it like this big moment where he's like, I got it. But in reality, you're like, yeah, that's clear to everybody in the audience. Um, Nadia's falling behind in all of her work. Milo is catching on this. She doesn't want to say what it's for, so he goes to see Bill. I love that he tells Bill, like, Milo is that guy who just wants to remind everybody how important he is. I didn't come in at 5 a.m. to format files. He's like, Bill, I am the technical leader on the floor, and I need to know if this work can get done. Like, okay, that's his title, technical leader on the floor? Mm. I want to see that on his badge or whatever. Uh, And then he gets in this conversation with Bill when he's saying, well, because she's Muslim... And he's like, well, that's ridiculous. And he goes, she's a registered Republican for crying out loud. <laughs> I'm sure there's never been a terrorist who's a Republican. It's it's, it's, it's impossible, right? Um, only Democrats are Republican. If she was a registered Democrat, I don't think that would have made her any more or less likely to be a, a terrorist either. 
I don't think terrorists are like, well, as long as the Democrats are in power, we're okay with you, America. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there's been some terrorist attacks during uh, Democratic times, too. Um, well, both nuclear then, bombs have gone off under nuclear in this thing. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Palmers. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe she'd be more suspicious if she was a Democrat. Her being a Republican. Uh, I don't know. But yeah. So Milo basically breaks the rules. He does something illegal here by loaning Nadia his access. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you my log. Which, that's illegal, which I swear we have seen everybody in CTU do this every single Chloe. season. Yeah. Uh, now, maybe because they're higher up, it's a bit of a bigger deal. But uh, I love him going, I was like, well, you didn't do it. I did. This is just Milo trying to get in her pants. That's all there is to it. Um, that, that's Which it for CTU. Is, uh, you I got think, anything. Well, I think this is the first real dangling of the thread, which I will say at least they kind of drag this out a little bit longer, which I, you know, sexual chemistry and tension between two characters can be done right. And I don't, I don't mind that between these two, even though it just literally goes nowhere and don't get attached to these two people, literally one <laughs> of them. Um, but I do like the, uh, I do like um, Miles when he's basically uh, the bit when like Nadi is like going through, it's like, excuse me, sweetheart, could you just go a little bit slower? It's not like we're in a rush or anything. <laughs> like I do like that little moment, but I don't know. I, I kind of like, I like this exploration of what would happen in this situation. Cause I, again, I'm, I'm sure this was something that legitimately happened to a level say during nine 11 that like people like this were being questioned a little bit more. And again, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's right, but like, it's just, it's one of these things that would happen. I'm sure if, an Australian conducted the nuclear bomb and there was an Australian working at CTU or a Canadian, like they would be doing the same thing. Like it's just mm-hmm. sometimes you got to ask the questions whether it's right or wrong, you know? Um, and I think it, it makes it interesting and they do kind of go completely a uh, different direction around this, around what's his face, old dickhead agent guy who comes into it later on who, oh, I hate it when they do what they do that. And they go too far with the whole stereotyping, uh, maybe one of the worst scenes in 24 history. But, yeah, I, I, I don't mind this. It's just something a little bit interesting, I think. But the whole, like, trying to find Fayette thing and, like, oh, like, again, it's just it contradicts 24's technology with CTU. Because, again, a couple of seasons ago, you identified the shoulder of a guy with a red camera light and they were able to find the Salazars. Yet this time around, you can't see whatever. And, again, this is just my issue with you go full R word from Tropic Thunder by launching a nuclear bomb Two hours removed later, everyone's just chilled. Like, oh, yeah, I think it's going north, you know? <laughs> okay, still a nuclear bomb that just went off in Los Angeles. Again, 9-11, two planes destroyed two buildings in Manhattan. That place was, like, shut down for two weeks. Um, I mean, God damn if a nuclear bomb went off in real life. But anyway, um, it's some of the more entertaining, interesting stuff in this episode, and I guess we're going to get to Days of Our Bowers now. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm going to be a little bit more uh, complimentary of Paul McCrane here because I, I, I see this as a character who is very good at warming his way out of situations because we basically get him sobbing like a baby here and then Jack's seen through it. And what, what I like about this is everything that's sort of under the surface with the the Jack Graham and the Jack Phillip relationship too. And I talked about this a little bit last week that I like that, that like, Jack knows something's up even if nobody else does. Because as an audience member, if I hadn't seen Paul McCrane in season five, I'm probably really buying it at this point where he's sobbing and he's like, Jack, come on, you're my brother and everything. Uh, and even throughout the rest of the episode, yes, the, the punchline of family, not good. But uh, but I, I like that Paul McCrane is really giving an Oscar-worthy performance here and that Jack just doesn't buy it. And you don't have to have a full explanation in the audience, but everything here. The explanations we're going to get are not necessarily great anyways. 
Um, he basically owns up that the that McCarthy was this guy that had a contract with their corporation to decommission nuclear bombs, and that they really have nothing to do with this, but they're trying to cover it up because if it's found that they're the ones who hired him and that McCarthy stole these nukes or activated them as opposed to deactivating them, then he's going to go to jail. Um, they says that Philip went to go find them, so they're going to go after him. When they come out and you get that long shot of Jack staring at Marilyn, Marilyn's her name, right? The sister-in-law? Oh, he's a fucker, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that that's soap opera. That's just staring lovingly at Jack and he's just gazing at her. Now, Graham is screaming at the top of his lungs after being strangled by this plastic bag and then arguing with Jack. They come out of the room. It's like in one shot where they come out of the room and she's right there watching TV. Oh, hi, guys. How's it going? Would you like some lemonade? You know, <laughs> how did she not hear her husband being tortured or does I she not care? Tea. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I was looking at pornography. <laughs> um, that was a distraction. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it, it doesn't really make any sense how she doesn't hear any of this unless it's just because she doesn't care. I don't know. Uh, but uh, they take him off. And of course, Graham's still pleading for his life in the car, saying like, oh, you're going to tear down your entire family with this Jack. Dad doesn't deserve this. And now he's playing off the dad. Uh, and Jack does a thing to try to console him here. Or not console him. What's the word I'm looking for? Like... Uh, I put his mind at ease. What do you want to call that? Uh, where he's saying, oh, I'm going to go to jail for this. And he goes, listen, they're only interested in finding the nukes. They're not interested in creating this trail of indictments. And he goes, oh, really? You think so? And then he's on the phone to Bill while Graham's in the car. And he's like, yeah, so uh, my dad, um, you know, might be going after the guy. Who's, oh, so your dad has nothing to do with this and your brother in the clear. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I mean, they are pretty suspicious. You're trying to butter up your brother right now by telling him, don't worry, you're not going to prison. Just cooperate with me. And yet he's doing it aggressively. But then while you're on the phone and they're saying, so they had nothing to do with it. No, no, they definitely had somebody. To, it just, it doesn't make sense even for Jack's character. Like nobody's consistent in this episode. Um, clo they, they get to the, the headquarters here, whatever the, the business that they run, the business office, the Bauer business office here at the Bauer business complex. Chloe spends 30 minutes running plates while she's hacking a cell phone. Uh, and uh, they decide to dispatch a field team to go assist Jack. The field teams that we were told in the last episode all died in the nuclear explosion. We have no teams left in the field, Jack. You are the only person we can rely on. They send a field team there. Jack is inside with uh, the, the Graham. Uh, they're Graham. hacking the computer. The Graham. <laughs> uh, they find that McCarthy had been deleting these files. Uh, and then they go into the back server room or file room, whatever it is, and that's where Jack gets jumped. But it's only Dad's guys. Now this this doesn't feel like a big reveal, and we're gonna have some criticisms of Cromwell's casting, mostly not necessarily the casting and writing. Not James Cromwell himself. He does for the most part try to give it his all, but you've got James Cromwell here, who is I don't know if he'd been nominated for an Oscar, but like he'd been an yeah. Oscar. You know, he, he might. I mean, I don't know if he got nominated for Babe, but he definitely he deserved to. And Babe. Babe got nominated for Best Picture. L.A. Confidential been nominated for Best Picture. He's been in a ton of things. This is a major movie star at this point. And you've got James Cromwell. And he's just sort of behind the door saying, hey, Jack, uh, so what's with you kidnapping your brother there? Did. Uh, it doesn't feel... Yeah, he got nominated for Babe? For Babe, yeah. He got nominated for Best Supporting yeah. Actor. Yep. And we might be talking about he that He won an year, Emmy but, for uh, Outstanding Guest Actor. Oh, no, nominated for an Emmy for ER. So maybe he and Paul McCrane were also hanging out in that. Oh, that's where they, they decided to do all the casting. And let's just grab everybody from ER. Let's he get won. Noah Wiley in there. What? Oh, God. If Noah Wiley was in 24, I'd jizz myself. Um, he... no, Noah Wiley is Kiefer Sutherland's brother, I buy. 
Yeah, no, good casting. Uh, he won uh, an Emmy for his role in American Horror Story. He was really good in American Horror Story, so that was deserved. I'm going to take a sidebar here for a second before I finish this, just because I'll forget otherwise. This week, I watched a... This day, today, I watched the best Kiefer Sutherland content I've watched all day, and it was not 24. Porn? It was the Kane Mutiny Court Martial. Oh. Well, there was a little bit of porn in there. No, But uh, Kiefer Sutherland, amazing. he's basically playing like the Jack Nicholson-type role like from A Few Good Men. You know, He has... Quick scene in the beginning, you know, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? We don't know. And then he comes back, big stuff at the end. There's a guy you could give out. It's technically Paramount Plus, so I don't know if that qualifies for the Oscars or the Emmys, but give that man an Emmy. Amazing. And then Kane Mutiny Court Martial. Give him everything. Just Uh, give him the case of the world. And I'm considering rewatching that movie instead of next week's 24 episode. But anyways, back to 24 here, because that's what we're actually having to cover. Uh, We have James Cromwell basically saying he's just trying to clean up uh, the whole mess, keep Graham out of prison. I do feel like, that again, I don't have such good memories of this season that I remember all my reactions, but I don't remember I was that I was looking at the dad that suspiciously at this point. Um, and that's obviously their intention. They, they want you to feel like the dad's not in on this. On a rewatch, though, little bit of criticism I'm going to give to James Cromwell as an actor. Maybe this was part of it, but when he's talking about family is supposed to be everything, and then Graham does his thing, like, family. Oh. Uh, James Cromwell's reaction oh. is like, why, Graham, how could you? This is outrageous. Uh, it's unfair. It's not fair. Um, I, James Cromwell, maybe he's supposed to be playing a guy who's not very convincing that he's not in on this, but it, it just, to me, played like bad acting on James Cromwell's part. Uh, it, the line he has here, I wrote it, good God, what have you done? Like, it's basically delivered like that too. Like, nothing about this feels special. You got... One of the biggest stars you've ever had on 24, James Cromwell. You got him playing Jack Bauer's dad. If you had had, you know, Joe Blow McKenzie playing this role, you should be making a big deal with this reveal. That's my father. Like something. I don't need it to be cheesy, but just something. And it's just everything with this is completely flat. Graham's a bad guy. The audience already knew that. So there's nothing that's good. The only thing about this that serves any purpose is we're taking the audience's attention off of Philip for the time being. Uh, like it's, I don't know where to begin. Like, it's just, it, I, I don't like, I love Paul McCrane, but I just, there's just something about this. And I think you summed it up well that if, if we didn't know, if we didn't see him last season, then this is better, but like, we do know him from last season. So it's not better. And this is where like, you know, you have him as that man in the room on the Bluetooth headset. And now all of a sudden you turn him into just over dramatic, like, Oh, don't talk to me. Oh, to at the end of the episode, almost being wannabe bond villain which just is hammy like i just it's oh it just it irks me and just even like just jack and and like to me jack like misses a few beats here when like later on when both um graham and and his dad are going on about like oh so you'd sacrifice your own family and go to jail jack you were in jail for the last 18 months you should be like uh like you did with me uh like oh we tried to get you out how uh, the president did it in two seconds. You clearly didn't do much. If you can get nuclear bombs into the fucking country, you could have gotten me out of China, dumb fucks. Like, yeah. that's, like, that annoys me that Jack doesn't play that guy. I guess Jack's not me. He's not a bit narky and tit for tat, but still, like, Jack oh. should be emotional. Oh. I, I just wanted to call out the one good thing out of this, which is Graham's line about uh, your dead wife or oh, whatever. I what hate is it he that said? line. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, I thought no. that was good. But that to me uh, is cheap because, like, they do it in a way that, like, that line should be effective, but the way Jack like pins him against the wall and kind of does that like high school bully with the fist and like, yeah. and then like kind of like James Cromwell's like, Oh, don't do it. Jack, don't hit your brother. 
He's just spent the last half an hour with a plastic bag over his head. And now all of a sudden you're going to like, whatever. But like, even like the bit at the end when like, um, you, you know, like James Cromwell's all like, oh, okay, Jack, we'll go to CTU. And then uh, Paul McCrane's like, oh, no, we won't. And it's like, put that gun down. You work for me. It's like, no, they don't, dad. Like that just reminds me of what I did in Kill Phil. Like the bit at the end yeah. where they like turn their head. Like it's just, it's cheap and ugh, like it's just. I don't know. And then, like, some of the cheesy bits with the computer hacking. So, like, oh, we're going to go to McCarthy's office. Do, 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 do. And it goes on this computer. Jack clicks, like, three files. There's, like, the most obscure file name. It's, like, ZXK dash underscore 73. And Jack's like, what's that? And then Paul McCrane's like, oh, that's that's McCarthy's work contract. How do pornography. you know? <laughs> He's looking at pornography. <laughs> like, it should literally say Paul McCarthy's work contract, not, like, <laughs> X it's just so over the top. And just like the Marilyn stare is terrible. Like the family line. And yeah, you're right. Like I remember watching this live. Like, oh, well, at least Jack's dad's good. But spoiler alert, he's not. And then also mm. like this is the the thing I have an issue with this over the top men in dark rooms controlling the government storyline, which gets so convoluted next season even more. You're recycling the plot from last season. What was the plot last season with Cummings and Logan? Let's allow the nerve gas into the country so that we can yeah. prevent it and, you know, get oil. So this is basically the same. Let's allow the nukes into the country and then, oopsie, they let one off. So now we've got to cover our tracks. And then you're going to make this so much more convoluted over the coming weeks, particularly with the, quote, plot twist that Jack's dad is actually evil too. It's just too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to villains in this season and this, that, and everything else. And it's just, nah. This is the stuff at the end which really sinks this over a cliff for me and just the family. And then who killed the CTU agents in the car? Like, like yeah. Graham showed up. Like, I'm guessing this is, I'm, I'm assuming this is a whole ruse, like, oh, let's play off each other because Jack's going to, how did you know Jack was going to show up? Like, there's just, there's so many plot threads to this that don't make sense. And then who kills two government agents just sitting in their car outside of a building? Like, it's just... It's dumb. It's silly. And I love Paul McCrane. I really do. But there's just something about his performance that just is off-putting for me. And James Cromwell, brush your hair, mate. Like, it fucking annoys the <laughs> shit out of me. There's that little tuft of hair at the back of his head, which keeps sticking out. And every time I watch this, I just want to get up to him, lick my hand like a mum, and just, like, <laughs> pat his hair down. Like, James, put your hair down, son. You're so wasted in this movie. Uh, movie, TV uh, show. This, Wish it was a movie over uh, with by now. There will be no licking of James Cromwell this season. That's a rule on set. Uh, but babe. Uh, that, the one thing I will say as far as the casting of James Cromwell, which we'll talk more about as you get more into his character, uh, Donald Sutherland, of course, we, we mentioned that John Cassar confirmed for you that he was the plan. That was what they originally wanted. Uh, which Everybody in the audience was thinking it should have been Donald Sutherland. It, it would have worked for the character they got, but I feel like you would have, you would have had no opportunity to have this moment of, Oh, good God, Graham, what are you doing, right? It barely is convincing with James Cromwell. It would never would have been convincing with Donald Sutherland. I think you instantly would have assumed Donald Sutherland is definitely a bad guy. Uh, but but again, like, who cares about going for a surprise? If you could have a decent villain, as far-fetched as it is, if it has to be Jack Bauer's dad, at least really go all out with it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think if you've got Donald Sutherland, instant, like, chemistry between father and son, and you would just ham it the fuck up. And, like, yeah. that's my thing, like, if you want to ham this up how you do it in this season, you go a certain level. It's like uh, you and I disagree on the die another day argument. Like, you know, if you if you do it for like, Noah and I just did Diamonds Are Forever as a commentary. You're going to love that. 
But like our biggest <laughs> thing about why we love it is everybody knows what movie they're in. I know you're going to disagree with that, but like they just they play it up. If you have Donald Sutherland, Keith Sutherland play off each other, do it in a way where it's like, well, we've got fucking Keefer's dad. This is a season of balls to the wall bullshit. Like let's just fucking give in to it and do it. And like that's where Donald Sutherland would be iconic in this almost. And like no disrespect to James Cromwell, but he just doesn't have that. And that's the issue. And then I think that, you know, why not just have him evil from the outset? You know, like it's just, I get you've got to, oh, let's pull the wool over your eyes. His brother, we already know his brother's evil. So his dad, pure, oh, like, like, he's so evil. Come on. Um, Trivia. Nothing really. All I've got here, James Cromwell joins the cast as a special guest star. Yeah, in the book, and I then, just had Eddie Izzard. Quite, there's nothing really this week at all. Yeah, and then, of course, it says here that uh, on Larry King Live episode, Donald Sutherland, uh, well, I don't even know whether who confirmed this, but that Donald Sutherland had an approach, which we already talked about. Um, and this episode aired February 3rd, 2007 in the UK. Uh, the, the trivia on uh, IMDb has... Um, James Cromwell, who plays Jack Bauer's father, Philip, has a role of President J. Robert Fowler in thriller Sum of All Fears, which also deals with nuclear weapons. Coincidentally, the main protagonist's name in The Sun is also Jack. Wow, that's a coincidence. Uh, but the other one here, this is interesting. James Cromwell had a leading role in L.A. Confidential as Captain Dudley Smith, and Kiva Sutherland played Jack Vincennes, Kevin, uh, Kevin Spacey's role uh, in the TV pilot. The pilot was never picked up to series. It is included oh, as a bonus yeah. feature on the film special. I didn't really, I didn't know that they were going to do that in the TV series, and that oh, they, they have K- that, that was, was released that on like the the DVD or Blu-ray. I knew that they'd film the pilot. I never it found says it a is place included to watch as it a bonus feature on the film special edition DVD and Blu-ray release. So there you go. That's oh. cool. Wow. Let's cover that instead. We don't have to watch this anymore. Um. Yeah, the by the way, I just spoiled the the whole person that McCarthy's getting next week. I just click through. What are we going to talk about next week? We're going to get it. Um, yeah, I have no memory of that whatsoever. Uh, it's going to be a lot of the season. Um, I'm bidding this episode. Uh, I'm bidding it with enthusiasm. I'm bidding it um, with <laughs> that's double fist bidding. That's the um, the tagline of the show: bidding with enthusiasm. <laughs> the alternate, yeah, bid for me. I mean, I, I've spoiled. I've got like. 12 of these in a row. But I will say, uh, I, slightly above last week for me. So last week, out of 125 episodes, I had it at 124. Uh, this week, after 126 episodes, I have this at 123. So this gets oh one spot ahead of Terry Gets Amnesia, uh, two spots ahead of last week, and three spots ahead of The Cougar. And overall, this will finish at the grand old total of 187th. But I will say this right now, next week to me will be the worst episode in the history of 24. That will go to the bottom. Oh and, boy. and it won't be the first time this season I'll be saying it. So episode seven of season six next week to me is worse than the Cougar episode and will be at the very bottom at this point in 24 history. Where are you ranking it, Colin? Let's it's funny because I kind of thought throughout this episode that I mean I'm I'm ranking this as my third last of everything, which is only one spot higher than you have it. I've got this at 124. Uh, so well, to me, this is right below the season one episode with what Agent Hanlon or whatever his name was, Grudge Against Jack in the Mall, and then just above the Cougar episode, we uh, both agree it's better than the Cougar or worse than the Cougar, well, I guess. Well, uh, I'm very intrigued with the next few weeks because I'm saying next week is the first of 10 times this season. I will say this is the worst episode of the season <laughs> so uh, of the series so far. 
So um, lock yourself in for some shit episodes. But I, I, I mean, I surprised me a little bit last week that you weren't as down. You rented it. That's a big surprise. But yeah. um, we'll see. And uh, again, only a few weeks away from breaking the Oz Network record for longest TV series ever covered. Congratulations to us. And suck it, Noah and Nick. Um, and Darvell and Brandy. <laughs> and the others. Aww. Uh yeah, the uh, the stuff with McCarthy we're going to get into next week. It looks like we got some more Jack and Philip stuff, tag teaming, um, and Lennox is there saving the show. But good um, news this week, though, Colin, is that this Thursday, Adoni Maropas, yes. Abu Fayed himself, will be on the show. Uh, so uh, tune in for that one. I'm excited. At the time of us recording this, we haven't done the interview, but we're doing it this afternoon. Uh, so uh, very excited to have him on the show and hopefully get a bit of entertainment in the middle of this season six rubbish. I wonder if we can get him to admit like season six was kind of rubbish, yeah. wasn't it? Like, did you watch it? I mean, his stuff's not bad though. If, no, he's, exactly. if he's one of these people who just films his scenes, never bothers to watch the show, he's gonna be like, yes, yeah, season six was great. Yeah. I love season he six. He was in Troy. There you go. Was he in Troy? Who'd he play in Troy? Agamemnon's officer. And he was in the Scorpion oh, King. Oh, of course. So uh, so, so he, play, he played... The, the officer of Brian Cox, an actor that you're still unfamiliar with in Troy. <laughs> I still haven't watched that TV series yet either. So That you know. Bond series. I You know what? It's funny. I was really excited for it because I'm like, I'm sure it's going to be bad, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited because it's got James Bond stuff. I've gotten one episode in in like a week. I can't even. Uh, this is, of course, the James Bond race to a million or whatever And called. I can't even find the last episode. I've only got the first seven. So, I mean, <laughs> is the last episode that bad that it just it doesn't exist? But based on Noah's reviews, it sounds pretty terrible. So, um, yeah. yeah. Thanks for the cash grab, Barbara and Michael. Uh, other stuff we got uh, going on right now. We are about to kick off our horror um christmas month two things that go hand in hand and i believe the first one we're doing is jack frost not the michael keaton one <laughs> the cheesy straight to video one that is hopefully going to be right up there with santa sleighs uh and then we will also be doing black christmas and gremlins and violent night before the end of the month uh and maybe the amazing race is still happening i think and we're almost at the year end best step episode to come which, yeah, I, I've been working hard on that and getting that ready to go. And we still actually haven't really worked out next year, but it's going to be a bit of a different year next year, I think, just with some breaks in between with movie months and everything and sort of plowing through 24. But um, hopefully next year we might have a, a 20th anniversary lost sort of reunion given what we've done with our other TV shows. Again, we're not going to get Matthew Fox and Evangeline Lilly and the big names. We might just get Walt back on and uh, Ethan and, you know, the, the little names. That we've had, but we, we've enjoyed those interviews, Sarah. If we can get MC Gainey, we'll be happy. But also next year too, it's sort of been something that uh, I've been looking at doing. Uh, and I actually had somebody contact me in the last couple of weeks asking if it was doing. Next year will be 25 years since Third Watch. I know we did 20 years of Third Watch a couple of years ago, but that was pre-Zoom. That was still Skype. So that was only audio no. only. We didn't do a video one. So... Very uh, tempted, given that we are the one piece of media in the world that still champions a show that nobody remembers. Uh, so I think that on the cards next year, we may look at revisiting our third watch reunion from nearly five years ago, believe it or not. And we'll do a 25th anniversary next year. Um, so uh, stay tuned for Kim that. Kim Raver. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say no to getting Kim back on, but... Uh, you know, we we will we will keep keep an eye. A few things exciting this year. It's Olympic year next year, so uh, if you mm -hmm. like what we do and like our voices off the podiums, listen to our better show. Yeah, yeah, the award winning show, uh, where we might have a special reveal coming up very soon. So if you want to tune into off the podium to see something very exciting next month, keep an eye on it. 
Uh, I, I'm pointing to a reveal over here. No, which this is on see, video, so no one can see what I'm pointing at right now. You're picking the nose of something right now. It, yeah. He is picking the nose of, uh, what's her name? Uh, Izzy. Yes, there we go. Our reveal is Tahuni. Izzy. That's it. Tazuni. Uh, sorry, but, Yes, we got other shows going on as well uh, that are much better than this. So thank you for listening to those shows. And if you're listening to this, stop listening now and listen to the other ones. Uh, my name is Colin, and your negativity is not what I need right now. And my name is Ben, and you're a son of a bitch. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.